Hey, Troy, what was one of the things that everybody said about being a new dad? And you're like, eh, really? And it turns out it's true. <laughs> what was the one thing? Do you have something? I think the anxiety that comes with it, uh, that's probably the one thing. Like I heard people say, you will lie there at night and you will just listen to her breathe. Wow. And you will just make sure you are hearing her breathe. And I was wow. like, no way. I would never even do that. I have absolutely done that. So <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely true. <laughs> oh man, transitioning into fatherhood, um, like any chapter can be really, really challenging and it can have an impact on your health. I mean, how many times have you heard guys say like they stopped exercising or eating right after they've had kids or their sleep is just constantly impacted after that or, you know, just even emotional health issues. Um, it's a big change in your life. And we have a guy that has just become a new daddy, Dr. Troy Dadson. Dadson <laughs> with a D. And this is a sideshow episode of Who Cares About Men's Health, uh, where we're going to learn, we're going to get a new daddy update, where Troy's going to tell us some of his experience as it relates to his life and back to the core four that might be able to help other new dads. Who Cares About Men's Health provides information, inspiration, and a different interpretation of men's health. My job, I bring the BS. I'm Scott Singpill, and I chose not to have kids because I'd afraid I was afraid I'd screw them up. So that's why. I have kids. <laughs> Scott, I was deathly afraid I would screw them up too, but I have a kid now, and hopefully, I don't screw her up. Now that is the MD to my BS, new daddy Troy Madsen. Yeah, that's me bringing the baby to the show. And uh, nieces and nephews are enough for now, says Mitch Sears. He's on the show as well. Yeah. No, I'm know. good. I'm good. I'm good for a bit. Yeah, I'm yeah. good. Okay, because yeah. I just made that up to be clever in the intro. And then I asked myself, I wonder if that's true. I wonder if he actually wants to have kids at this point. Uh, I don't know. No, no, no. We'll see. We'll see. Like, I'll, I mean, we'll figure it out at one point or another. Okay. All right. Uh, Troy, it's great to have you back on the show for a new daddy update. So um, I've got one question for this episode of the podcast. Tell yeah. us all about being a new dad. <laughs> so i'm just going to go into a 20 minute monologue now <laughs> uh, actually just give us an update to start off with like how's it going so far how long has it been and how's it going so things are going incredibly well it's been two months uh she just turned two months old her name is adeline we call her Addie. that's her nickname so she goes by Addie. uh she was born just over two months ago and i will say the delivery experience itself went incredibly smoothly uh, it was funny. It was just about it. Well, it was one week before she was due. And Laura, my wife, was uh, at the vet with one of our foster dogs, Arthur, who Scott, you know well. You saw pictures of at least. Very cute little guy. And Laura calls me and says, Well, Arthur's doing well. And I think my water just broke. So she said, buried the lead? Wow. Like, uh... <laughs> oh, yeah. She totally buried the lead. Uh... She started, Well, Arthur's doing well. Everything's good. And I think my water just broke. <laughs> Well, from a comedic standpoint, that is the delivery. So good yeah. for her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. From yeah, a comedic standpoint, yeah. But so she came home. We went into the hospital. So we got in there about noon. Uh, Addie was born about two in the morning, uh, came out with her eyes wide open and just the most beautiful little girl I've ever seen. Obviously, I'm very biased. <laughs> yeah. And then I had about an hour with her alone because they just had to watch her over just in like the pediatric uh you know, just the neonatal care unit. So I had about an hour in there with with her alone, just sitting there with her and just looking at her and just thought, wow, this is absolutely remarkable. Um, and every day since then, I felt the same way. Like every day, it's just like, 
just to see her grow and develop and uh, just as, you know, her mental development as she's become more attentive and more focused on our faces uh, just in the last two weeks, just, you know, she'll smile, like I'll look at her and she'll see me and she'll smile and look at Laura and smile and laugh. Uh, we'll laugh and she'll laugh. And it's just the cutest thing in the world. Uh, and it just, you know, she's just my little best buddy. Uh, we walk around during the day. She loves to uh, ride around in this pack. Like I've got this little pack that sits on my chest and she's facing me and she just, she just loves that. She'll ride around all day. Like some days, like after a long run, my legs are tired and I'm like, I don't know if I can be on my feet for another three hours carrying this kid around, <laughs> but <laughs> she loves it and she'll fall asleep and she'll like look around, look outside at the squirrels and birds and you know, whatever else. And so it's just like, I've got this new little best friend at home now. And, um, quite honestly, just, just really enjoying it. And I, I think probably the biggest surprise in all this has just been how smoothly everything has gone. Uh, again, me being kind of the pessimist where I see so many things that go wrong in pregnancy, uh, just throughout my medical career and just being aware of those things. And so I think just every day, I'm just so grateful just that everything has gone as well as it has and everything continues to go well and just really enjoying the time I have with her. Uh, as, uh, you know what, as you were talking and as we're having this conversation, Troy, it just dawned on me, like talking about the new baby and going into depth about details about the new baby is something that we tend to think, you know, uh, uh, that women do, right? Like yeah. that's yeah. my perception. But then as you're talking about this and I'm sitting here and I'm listening, I'm like, I don't know if it was like, if guys talk about, do you, do you get asked by other guys about how it's going and are they expecting an in-depth update or are they just expecting us? <laughs> Like, what's your experience sure. with that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it is definitely less of a guy thing. I have had one friend in particular who has seemed genuinely interested, who has texted me, and it has. We haven't really haven't talked. It's been more just text, but but he's always like, "Oh, send me pictures." Like, oh, you know, and I, you know, I don't know if he's just being nice, but <laughs> uh, but I think most guys, it's kind of like, "Hey, how are things going?" And you're just you're know, like, "Ah, things are good. She's great," you know. Uh, but he has seemed more, a little more interested, but I, I think it is not a conversation. I would say I've had a lot beyond, uh, having the same sort of conversation with my parents or siblings, uh, you know, kind of telling them about things. And even then when I say siblings, I'm talking about my sisters. So, sure. so yeah, I, I don't know that guys have that sort of conversation a lot, but so we'll, I, we'll I wanna, see. yeah, I want to jump in and ask like, this friend of yours that has shown some interest, does that make you feel different? Do you like that? Do you like talking about her? Like, I guess what I'm trying to get at here is maybe we should do this more often. Like, right. Like for our friends that have become new dads or maybe cause you know, they enjoy, they would enjoy talking about it. It would make I them think, happy. I think it would make them happy, but I also kind of feel like, you know, I don't want to be the guy who like is always saying everything about his cute little girl and showing everyone pictures because I kind of don't want to, you know, I'm kind of like, do they really care? <laughs> like, do they, am I like oversharing? Is this too much? Do they really want to know all this? Uh, so it is, it is, it, there is that sort of guy thing in me too, where it's kind of like, do they really want to hear me say all this stuff? You know, but if the, if the, yeah. sh if the shoe was on another foot, like if, if it was not you with the new baby, but like a friend of yours that was, you would consider a close friend, would you want to hear about it? That's or, a good question. Or, Probably or, at this point, I would a lot more than I would have a year ago. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. I think as you're going through it and you're having those experiences and then others share that with you, I think, you know, six months down the road, if I have a friend who has a new baby 
and they're sharing their experiences with me, I think then there's a certain amount of nostalgia and reminiscing that you would experience as they as you hear their experiences. But I can say that, let's say a year ago, uh, I don't know that I would have been that interested. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's just simple reality. Just because it wasn't really part of my life, I didn't really have a lot to relate to there. Um, so that's kind of where I'm sometimes hesitant to say too much and feel like I'm I'm oversharing or, or you know, being that kind of irritating person who's showing them 100 pictures of my new baby and they just don't sure. care, so, <laughs> you know. Because, <laughs> I mean, I, I am actually genuinely interested, even though we're doing this for a podcast episode, I'm genuinely interested in hearing about your experience and like hearing yeah, about cool. it in depth. Although yeah. there are other people in my life that I would not be, but I consider you a yes. much closer friend. So I think I, I want to flag this as like a, a little takeaway, at least my observation is like, you know, if you have like really close friends and you're not having these discussions, you know, maybe open up because it's really going to make that other people person feel really good. Like they want to talk about it. I would imagine. I do. Yeah. I, would imagine, I think so. Like, you say you want to talk about it. I do. I love so, I talking mean, about her. Yeah. So yeah, don't, I really don't do. Just, don't just peg this as this is something that women do. You know, men can do this too. And yeah. No, I think it's it. just, there are so many cool experiences just on a daily basis, just little tiny things. Just again, like I said, when she started to just focus on us more and you could tell her eyesight was improving and focusing on our smile, wow. just the laughs and the little sounds she makes and talking to her, like her looking at me and then her moving her mouth and making little noises like she's trying to talk to you. It's just like <laughs> kind of silly little things like that, but it's just like, wow, this is so cool. Like it's just every day she, she entertains me. Like every, yeah. I'm not bored at all. Like I find her just enter, all every moment I spend with her, I find interesting and entertaining in some way. So you said what's been surprising for you and you've definitely sounds like you've been blessed that how well things have go, gone because yeah. that's necessarily happened in all cases. Yeah. Uh, what's been, what's been kind of challenging. Sure. So I, there? Yeah. I think some of the challenges, fortunately, I think I did have some preparation for them. I will say this and I don't want to say this in a negative way at all, but Leading up to this, I received more unsolicited advice than I have ever received at <laughs> any point in my life. I can only think of a couple of cases where I might have asked for some advice, but the amount of advice I have, have received was astounding as people found out we had a baby on the way. But that's a good thing. It, it, I think it helped me out a lot. But I will say, uh, you know, one of the things that has been a big adjustment is just uh, just expecting everything's going to take a whole lot longer. Like if we're getting ready to go out anywhere, right. you just expect it's going to take a lot longer to do that. Uh, there had been, there were some unexpected medical issues very early on, not major issues, but just, oh. just some things that came up where it was in that first week, multiple visits to the pediatrics clinic. Like, you know, the first couple of days we were just down there every day and it was a little stressful. No yeah, question about I didn't it. Know about that. Yeah. It wasn't big stuff. I mean, it was just stuff that. But at comes the time up, it probably was right. I mean, you know, it was, it was, it wasn't, I mean, okay. that's the thing. Again, I expected I knew of so many things that could possibly go wrong that I felt very grateful that that was all that we were dealing with. And sure. it wasn't, wasn't big stuff. You know, it was just like, okay, I've seen this in the ER. I've dealt with this. This is what yeah. we do. Um, but it, you know, it was an added level of just a little more complexity. Yeah. Um, it's just, it just, yeah. It makes your life even more busy because you're, you're all these appointments and more traveling and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's yeah. why it was a relief to just kind of get through that first week. And then at the end of the week, a pediatrician's like, Hey, everything's good. 
we'll see you back here in a couple of weeks. So I was like, great. We have two weeks where we don't have to come and see a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> so that was nice. But uh, yeah, I think in terms of just unexpected things that have come up, a lot of it, I just, I, I think it helps having, you know, working within the medical field definitely helps to at least kind of know a lot of what you could, could deal with. Uh, I will say though, maybe one of the most unexpected things I have dealt with is how you truly, as a medical professional, lose all objectivity when you're talking about your own child. Like it's, it's very different. Like, you know, I may see a rash in the ER and be like, oh, that's what it is. No big deal. I see a rash on her. I'm like, oh, wow, it could be this, 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 and this. And I'm really concerned. I'm a little different because I'm overthinking it. But I will say, I think every parent runs that risk of well, turning yeah. to Dr. Google. You know, you Google yeah. stuff yeah. and you see every awful thing that it could right. possibly be. And that's kind of where my mind has gone at times. Like, oh, it could be this, this, this. So, so yeah. So I think we all face those anxieties as we're, you know, this little person who we just are just are so involved in and care so much about and don't want to mess things up on uh, that we, we might overthink certain things. And so, yeah, so I think that happens to everyone, regardless of whether you're in the medical profession or not. So one of the things that I'm finding really interesting hearing about this kind of dialogue is being someone who has not really thought about kids much. Um, when I was younger, I was kind of, there was some medical things going on. I was told I might not be able to have them, et cetera. Um, if you were to have talked to me like a couple years ago about any of this, I probably would not have been interested. I just would have been like, mm, mm-hmm, babies. Right? Even, with, I, even with Troy, like even even with Troy, I would have like, I would have been, Mitch. I would have been, I would have been, I would have been like appreciative of like you know his excitement, but like me myself, I'd be like, cool. Let's see what else we can talk about, right? But 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 in the last few years, we, we made the joke about my about nieces and nephews and. I have some and I've interacted with them. Like I was the youngest of my family. I didn't, you know, have babies to hold. And I just, there was no real child interaction until just recently in my life. And there's almost, there's kind of an excitement about it, right? They're new, they're trying new things out. And so it's so exciting to hear Troy, someone I've worked with, someone that I care about, my friend, having this thing sings for his own baby and his own, own experience. So it's, it's, it's different and I appreciate it. Well, thanks, Mitch. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, no, this has been, I will say that too, in terms of what other people have said, and I've heard it for forever. Everyone has always said, when you have kids, completely changes your life. I never heard anyone says, say it changes your life for the better. They always just said it changes your life. <laughs> I feel like my life's a lot better. I love oh, it. This has awesome. been good. I will that's say awesome. this has been, this has been great. It It has absolutely been a huge change. And it's so funny because that weekend she was born, you know, she wasn't due for another week. We had planned out at least five different activities we were going to do that weekend. We were going to go to the symphony. We were going to go to, there was like a, a gorillas concert that Monday. We were going to go to that. We didn't buy any tickets. We're just like, we're going to wait till an hour before. So obviously we canceled all, we didn't do any of those things. We haven't gone to any concerts, no shows, nothing like that since then. It completely changes your life. There's no question, but those are minor things. Uh, you know, this is. The this trade is, off is worth it. It's well worth it. And yeah. absolutely enjoying it. So. All right. Well, let's jump to the core four check-in because, you know, fatherhood does change a lot of things, right? Like your life is you know, flip turned upside down. Uh, and sometimes it can be hard to maintain some of those things and uh, a lot of stuff changes. So Troy, how are you doing with the core four? Let's go ahead and start with eating. Has the eating changed at all? 
No, it hasn't. And I feel fortunate there. The one big change I will say early on is that I wasn't eating as much. Oh. And it's funny. I actually lost a few pounds in the first month. Uh, And I think I just wasn't eating as much, just busy. And then just with kind of sleep patterns being off, like for me personally, um, I wasn't eating at night. So, uh, you know, in terms of um, the... uh, time restricted eating, intermittent fasting, whatever you want to call it. So usually I'm doing 12 hours. So then I was actually having nights where I was going 15, 16 hours without eating, without eating. So, so I think that may have been part of it, but but it's, it's been good. I I have tried to focus on that on making sure I'm not eating a lot of sweets or stress eating or snacking in the middle of night if I'm up, you know, things like that. So, so you have had to make a conscientious kind of effort. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, there's no question. I definitely have, and I knew that was potentially going to be an issue with snacking in the middle of the night if I'm up with her, uh, or like mm. I said, kind of stress eating, turning more to sweets, that kind of stuff. But I, yeah. so I have tried to make a conscious effort to say, stick with what you're doing and it's been going well. So that's good. How about activity? I think I already know the answer to this because you've been such a dedicated runner and you've had such a running habit that I'd imagine that it's been pretty easy or no. I wouldn't say, I would not say easy, but fortunately it has been consistent and it, I, I'm still fortunately, and again, this had to be a conscious effort and I feel like we're in a good spot now where I feel like I'm good with keeping going with this, but I really wanted to say, I'm going to keep doing this. And I just, I don't want this to be something that I just give up. I think it was John Smith. He said a couple of things that stuck with me. Number one, he said, uh, with every child, pick one of your hobbies and forget <laughs> about it. You're going to lose it. <laughs> so I was like, I don't want it to be running. But then he also said, you know, he offered to go to Buffalo Wild Wings with me or something. Uh, and he said, you know, you just need to do stuff just so you feel like yourself. And so kind of tying those two things together, I just thought I want to keep running because when I run, that's how I, I really feel like myself. Like, I just love that time. I enjoy it. I'm out there with yeah. my dog. Uh, and so I've been able to keep that going and be consistent. And it's been something with Laura where it's like, hey, you know, we both say we, we want to support each other to do these things we enjoy. She loves going to classes like exercise classes, fitness classes. And so I'm here to help her do that. She helps me to make sure I have the time that I'm going out, going running. We, yeah. you know, so that's been that's a awesome. conscious thing to to make sure we're doing that. So yeah, it's been and good. communicating with your spouse and 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 just planning out how how is that going to be possible? Yeah, so exactly. Because it's right. it is so much more complex when you know you've got a little one at home and you're trying to balance childcare and all yeah. that, and it's a whole lot different than when you're just kind of doing your thing and like, hey, maybe I'll go running at six this morning. Yeah, maybe I'll go running at seven. Maybe eight. Uh, you know, it's like it's much different when you're you're making sure. You, so anyway, so it's just been a matter of organization and making sure we're communicating and sticking with what we like it takes to do. More there. work, man. Just, yeah, you know, not does. only you're bringing more work home with that kid, but it just takes more work yeah. doing the things you did before the kid. Yeah. Uh, how about yeah. your emotional health? How's that doing? I, that's been, it's been good. Like I, there's certainly, there has been an element of anxiety. There's no question about it. Um, you know, anxiety of making sure I'm not doing anything that would ever put her in harm's way, you know, doing anything stupid, like uh, anything that, I don't know, you know, you, you just read so much like, okay, put the baby back to sleep. They have to lie on their back. They can't lie on their stomach. Nothing in there that could suffocate them. I can't have any blankets in there. No toys, you know, stuff oh, like man. that. Yeah. Like, I don't want to do anything like that. And I want to know everything I need to do uh, to make sure there's nothing that could potentially harm her. And these are just little tiny things, you know, I'm not talking about dropping the baby. I'm talking about making sure there's not like a blanket that she could somehow, you know, 
bunch up in her face and suffocate. So there's definitely that element of anxiety. And I think every parent experiences that. So yeah, so from an emotional health standpoint, I think a little more anxiety. But at the same time, I I think there have been so many positive things from an emotional health standpoint too, just the reward and joy and being able to interact with her. And, you know, you asked about running and fitness. I think this kind of thing brings so much more meaning to just health and diet and all yeah. those things, just because I want to be a, a healthy dad for her. I want to, I want to be healthy. I, I want to be here for her in the long term. I want to stay healthy. It's not just about me running marathons or trying to qualify. Like I want to keep running because I want to stay healthy. And, yeah. You know, a lot of things we talked about on the podcast have had a lot more meaning as I've thought about those in terms of just healthy lifestyle and, and being healthy and, and doing that for her too. So there's a lot of extra overhead you have to deal with. Like you're talking about, if, if you think of the mind and this is a, you know, just an analogy, right. And it's flawed like all analogies, but if you think of the mind as like a computer, right. And everything you have to keep track of is just another processing unit, right. You've added so much more, like all the things you talk about that you're just trying to pay attention to, to make sure that your child is safe. Um, you know, so that kind of fills the cup, right? Uh, so are you doing anything additional to help with your mental health or help bring a little bit of relaxation from th that kind of anxiety or that stress? I've been watching a ton of sports. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you do, huh? I've so many sports. Okay. Uh, and it's been a great time to have a baby, like the month of October, yeah, <laughs> November. It's just like sports heaven. There's... You know, there was the World Series, NBA starts up, college football, NFL are in full swing. That's kind of that's kind of my release in a lot of ways. Watching sports, like just it's an distracting. opportunity, it helps turn your brain off. Yeah, turns the brain off. Yeah, and it's fun too because it's time we're kind of spending together. Like I'm carrying her around, I'll just have the TV on, walking around with her with the pool pack on, and she really enjoys that. And um, so so yeah, so that's that's probably been my thing. But you're right. I think you do need that sort of release where you just, just speak, you know, and not to go kind of down on the dark side, but, but you have to be aware that some people, it just becomes so overwhelming. And the sad part is, again, as a healthcare practitioner, I've seen the cases where it's become completely overwhelming and you see the shaken babies and you see those who have been abused and it is just absolutely horrible. And you just ask what led to that? Like, how did people get to that point? And I don't know all the dynamics there. Right. And then there's postpartum depression. We've talked about it in men as well as in women, yeah. like, you know, so that's something. And I, I worried about that going into this. I wondered, is Laura going to experience this? Am I going to experience yeah. this? Um, because I've had many patients in the ER, uh, you know, women in particular um, who have experienced postpartum depression. So again, I think, you you do have to have that release. You do have to have those other things where it's a distraction. And we've tried to have other activities like planning activities every week with her where we're going out on walks or, um, you know, like we're planning this week to go do this little drive through Christmas light thing where you drive through and see Christmas light, just little things like that, that you can look forward to um, activities you can do together. And as I'm saying this, I, I kind of feel like a jerk, like I'm sounding like I know what I'm doing. I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing. Let me just say that. Okay, fair I, I have no idea what I'm doing. We're just trying to figure this out. Yeah. Uh, but this seems to be working. And, uh, uh, you know, and again, two months into it so far, so good. Yeah. And I think the important message is, I think sometimes people feel guilty if they're not 100% with the new child all the time, but you still yeah. have to take time for yourself, whether that's 
you know, something you enjoy doing or just even some downtime where you can just turn the brain off for a little bit. Yep. Um, and if you're having struggles with that, you know, that's an important thing to talk to a professional about and get some tools to help, you know, work through that. So that's it. And I, yeah. and I've had to tell myself that a few times I've had to just say my, to myself, if I'm not in a good place emotionally, I can't be in a, I cannot be emotionally available to help her out. Like I've yeah. got to be in a good place. Yeah. Laura needs to be in a good place. I think yeah. every parent needs that. So, yeah. So you got to be able to, you know, whatever that means, like you said, if you need professional help, if you just turning to, to family members, whatever, uh, friends to get some help, um, being no able to, yeah, no, no shame at all. Cause yep. you, you gotta be the, the best parent you can. And that's how, that's how you do it. You gotta be in a good place emotionally. All right. Core four check-in the last one. <laughs> I think I know what the answer to this one's going to be. That's why I saved it till last sleep, sleep, <laughs> <laughs> Sleep has been, it's, again, it, this is whole process has been so pleasantly surprising because I just had, I dreaded the sleep piece of this just because I've struggled so much with sleep. I really just thought this is going to be awful. Like we're not going to sleep. So what we did very early on in the first couple of days is we decided we're going to split up the night shift. So Laura took the 9.30 to 3.30, 9.30 p.m. to 3.30 a.m. shift, and I took the 3.30 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. shift. And I set my alarm every night at 3.30. I got up, took over for her. Uh, I was then able to bottle feed her. Laura had, like, dedicated sleep time because at that point, she was, like, feeding, like, every hour or two. And she wanted to eat, and she needed to eat. Like, she's growing a ton. So that's how we did it. We did that for six weeks, and then at that point, you know, she got to a point where she's sleeping more consistently and much longer stretches, just, you know, so, so we haven't done that since then. And Laura, thank you, Laura has been the one who gets up with her at night now, which is, you know, some nights that maybe once or twice, fortunately, but it was interesting doing that regular sleep schedule. So I was falling asleep at like nine 30, uh, sometimes nine o'clock before, before, uh, Laura's shift started, <laughs> uh, doing that consistently, it actually worked out pretty well. And I thought a lot about what Kelly Barron talked about, about sleep hunger. You know, if I've ever had trouble falling asleep before, I now know if I get up every morning at 3.30, I will not have trouble falling asleep. So I had no trouble falling asleep. So it actually worked out pretty well where uh, just having that regular sleep schedule, it's kind of nice um, in a way. It was all yeah. stuff to get up that early. But, but uh, uh, it's consistent, which it's is consistent. not you've ever really had before. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, it stretches. Taking, taking, yeah. You're taking the the male paternity. Yeah, exactly. You get, you get crap for that from any other guys. <laughs> I sure do. Do you? It's, sometimes it's very subtle. Like, wow, they didn't have that when I had my baby. Well, yeah. Uh, How lucky am I? I'm like, I'm so glad I have it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So I'm very fortunate. Yeah, I have been on paternity leave and that's something the university offers. And I am so grateful for that. Like, yeah. this would have it's, been much different. Yeah. Trying to do crazy shifts along with this for the last two months. But And it's something that not everybody has. So it's I know. one of those great things. I mean, that being said, everyone, I think most people, at least you can, yeah, but it's, you know, it's, you can take FMLA really time, paid. but yeah, you, you, yeah, you may not get paid. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, for so. me, it's like eight weeks. Well, it's like really like six weeks paid and then two weeks of just leave, like yeah, technically how it works out. But, uh, um, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah. You highly it, recommend if it's available to people and they, they can make it work. I will say that. I will tell anyone. Yeah. If you have that option take it with no shame whatsoever. 
Like, do not feel ashamed. Do not feel you have an obligation as a man because you're a man to say, well, I'm not going to take it because I'm a man. I'm going to keep showing up at work. I'm not going to take paternity leave. Absolutely take it. And I think it's a number of reasons. Like, number one, I feel like it's really helped me to be available to kind of do that shift schedule and help Laura out. Uh, it's been great for just being there with, with Addie, with my baby to bond with her, but then also just not, you know, we've kind of been a little bit isolated. Like we're not really going out and this is something our pediatrician told us, like, keep your circle tight. Don't be going out and doing a lot of things out in public. There's a lot of flu. There's a lot of RSV. There's COVID. Um, so it's been, I think a good thing for her health too, where her immune system is very susceptible, where we've just got kind of our tight little circle here and we're not out in public a lot. So I think, Again, don't don't be ashamed to take that time off for a, a number of reasons. All right, as we wrap up this episode, um, what would you like to learn from our experts? Do you have any any experts you'd like to have on the show to talk about dad issues? <laughs> we need pediatricians on here. I think every episode we have going forward should be pediatricians. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> like what do I expect? Like three months, four months. I know, I know that's not practical. I would love to have Kurt Lee on here more. And I think she's so insightful. I thought so much back to what she talked about with the, with pregnancy and what to expect and how to be emotionally available. And I think that's a really important thing going forward. Like how do you, how do you continue to do that as a parent, not just not as a, as a husband and a parent, you know, beyond that, I think diet and exercise are always going to be a challenge because there are going to be different challenges at every phase of her life in terms of just her, her needs and her, um, just the time investment. So I think anything we can continue to talk about there, it's just a great reminder and motivation yeah. to, to keep focusing on those things. So yeah. yeah. Reminder, keep focusing on maybe ways to, to make it simpler or easier or less time consuming, which isn't always possible. I mean, you can only shave it down so far, but yeah, those are good insights. Yeah. Well, Troy, congratulations. I'm yeah, thank so you. excited and happy for you. And every time your wife posts pictures on Facebook, I love it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so many pictures. Yeah. Yeah, we, that's all right. That's so all right. Many. Yeah. Yep. It's well documented. Uh, it's a well documented growing up she'll have. <laughs> There's no question about that. Yeah, no doubt. All right. Well, Troy, thanks for sharing your insights about being a new dad. I hope that that is helpful to uh, you know you if you're a new dad. And maybe you can take one of the things Troy talked about and apply that when you are expecting your child, whether that's, you know, listen, I got to make a conscientious effort to make sure that I still exercise or that I find something that I can do that gives me a little break for, with my brain for a few minutes a day. Or um, what were some of the other things you talked about? Don't have those stress foods in the house if you right. think you're going to eat them. But on the other hand, if you know, if you need some stress food sometime, then go for yeah, it. Yeah, go get those like, Oreos. Right, you just it's everything's just kind of in, in the middle and in, in balance and moderation. So yeah. Troy, congratulations on being a new dad. Yeah. Thanks for sharing your experience and thanks for caring about men's health. Well, thank you. And thanks for talking to me about it. Like you said, it's it's fun to talk about it. And this is the most I have talked about it since she was born. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really fun to talk about it. So I appreciate you listening to me and letting me chat about it. 